Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you so much for being here for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer Cahill, and it is always a pleasure to be here with you as we share wisdom from thought leaders, scientists, and people from around the world sharing their journey around consciousness. Today, we have a very special guest, Anna Gottman, who is a former fashion model, as well as a PhD and an engaging speaker with a unique life story. She describes herself as a catalyst for transformation and has spent the last two decades of her life on an inner quest into the workings of our world, as well as the root causes of suffering and the nature of transformation and how do we face the challenges of our times. In her new award-winning book, Shift Calling, Anna shows readers how to accelerate their spiritual growth by making first-degree shifts that produce profound paradigm-changing, and long-lasting outcomes. She was born in Israel to an alcoholic family and grew up with a severe stutter, undiagnosed learning challenges, as well as anorexic tendencies. And although she had very low self-esteem, a major shift would change her circumstances, whisking her away to a 10-year career in Paris as a fashion model for one of the most prominent fashion designers, Yves Saint Laurent, and Jean-Paul Gaultier, appearing in some of the top fashion magazines of her time. As she went through this, something was missing, so she went back to school to get a PhD from the California Institute of Integral Studies, focusing on trans on facilitating transformative learning with individuals and groups. Anna, it's been quite the journey, my gosh. You have Israel, <laughs> Paris, California, all over the world. Tell us yeah. about this new book. The Wandering Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell us a bit about this book. How was it that you came to write this new book? I, I never thought I'd be a writer. I, I, I had undiagnosed learning challenges, and I swore when I finished high school that I would never go back to school. Mm. Never. And then at age 28, I wanted to go back to school and study, and I did a BA a, Master as a PhD, and suddenly I discovered my calling in my 40s. It was actually, I visited a spiritual community called Findhorn, the Findhorn Foundation in Northern Scotland, and had this awakening and decided to do my dissertation on spiritual awakening. And then said, okay, I know what my calling is. I've been given these wisdoms. I need to share them. So it was a book. And then now there's a second book. And I've got three more books in my head that have to come out. So that's technically how the book happened. But it was never meant to be. I'm not a writer. I, as I said, I have learning challenges. But I'm a, I'm, I, I can say that I'm a good writer now. So if you practice, then you end up being good. I feel that I'm a good writer now. And this book is really timely because we are going through or like we're being cramped. We're being pressured by the forces, by the universe, by consciousness, by the other side who is, is helping human evolution. And so it, it's a time to rise 
and accelerate our spiritual growth more than before when it was just, okay, we'll just sit, we'll have a meditation, we'll be peaceful. We can't just do that. We have to show up at a greater intensity today because our house is on fire. So we have to show up differently. And so this book just felt like it's timely how to support people to, in a sense, to find their way through this so that the intensity is still there, but you're, you have a North Star and you're helping elevate humanity and planetary consciousness with your, uh, with the personal work that you're doing. So that's how the book came about. Beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting when you said that I'm not a writer and you then followed up with, and now I'm a writer. It's interesting how many stories we tell ourselves, speaking of stories and writing. I remember when I was a little girl, I was made fun of for dancing. I was just all legs and arms and skin and bone like you. I had eating disorders. I was anorexic and bulimic for most of my teenage years. Mm. And I was often made fun of for dancing. Mm -hmm. And well. for decades, I forgot, Anna, my love for dancing until it was well. five or six years ago, I did some inner child work. And one of the first times I said, sweetheart, what do you enjoy doing? And she said, dancing and ice cream, <laughs> you know, my inner child's two favorite things. And now it's like dancing is part of my soul. I never miss a day of it. So it's interesting as an invitation just to look at for each and every one of us, what are the things that somebody told us we could never be good at, right? Never will I ever be good at or be able to do X. And right. When we push ourselves, when we overcome what could be potential obstacles, we're able to transform our perspective and yeah. transform our relationship to whatever that thing is and to ourselves. For example, I had a severe stutter as a child. I got it from my mother's side. My Her grandfather had a stutter. My uncle had a stutter. My sister has a stutter and me. And it was like, it was very severe as a child. So that plus red hair and freckles and white skin, growing up in Israel, learning challenges, an alcoholic mother, a raging father. I had everything in order to feel really low self-esteem and really self-loathing. Mm. But look, I speak now and people don't notice that sometimes I get stuck on a word, <clears throat> but I don't walk around with fear anymore that I'm about to stutter. I don't block my breath anymore because I used to block my breath so that I could really speak quickly. Because if I block my breath, then I can just speak and I don't stutter. So now I breathe and I talk. So even from a stutter, I was able to heal from that. And I don't see myself as a stutterer anymore, even though I stuttered on the word stutterer. But so it is possible to transform, to change when we really do deep inner work. Yeah, I think it's so beautiful. And I love the premise of this book of how do we shift these old paradigms? How do we move beyond what we think is possible? If you look at modern day science, we've had a lot yeah. of scientists and physicists and people on the show. And it's amazing that what we thought a decade or two decades ago was magic or impossible is now entirely possible. And so too, yeah. our own ability to transcend what we think we're capable of. So talk yeah. to Anna about what are some of the ways that we dance with the challenges that we're facing right now in life? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know how sometimes everything is crumbling in your personal life? Everything is collapsing. Nothing is working. But there's one thing that if you changed it, it would actually affect everything, right? So you do a piece of inner work 
And suddenly you see that even though you didn't do a piece of work about your finances or you didn't do it about your relationships, you did it about yourself, mm-hmm. self-esteem, about your own self-love, something that happened in your childhood, suddenly everything changes, right? We are both personally and globally right now in the state where there's a, there's a saying that when God wants you to change, first they whisper in your ear, right? Gently, and then becomes louder. And then if you're not listening, it's okay, I'm going to hammer it now. I'm going to put it in front of your face. And so a shift calling is when something is not going away. And you're going, I can't change this in my life. This doesn't change. It just keeps repeating itself. It keeps me up at night. It can be anything. Personal, social, ecological. We don't have fires here right now, but there are fires in Northern California. And that's three hours away. And the wind has brought them to us. So we're on the front line of ecological breakdown. Even though there's no fire, which is why my throat is also, my voice is low and so there's a serious shift calling. We each experience it in our own life as something personal, just like before. But when we listen to that shift and we see that shift not as our enemy and the one thing that we're never going to be able to change, but actually our ally, that's our ally telling us, I'm your biggest ally and I'm not going away until you listen to me and you shift this particular issue, because when you do it, you will become, you will allow the flow of the universe, divine love, divine consciousness to flow through you. You will be able to be more who you are at your essence. And as you elevate yourself, you elevate humanity. Mm. And we're at a point where we need to elevate humanity. We need to elevate ourselves, but you're not just doing it for yourself. Humanity is being elevated at the same time. When you help someone on the other side, we help people or a group of people or something happening on the other side of the planet. You and I are on the other side of the planet for them, right? So we have to do our work to, it's a collective, we're all in this consciousness, we're in this ocean of consciousness. And as we shift our consciousness, it affects us the most, those who are close to us later. And then, but we're all in this pool, in this ocean So it affects the entire consciousness of humanity is affected when we elevate ourselves, when we release something that is really hurting us. So that's the concept of shift calling. And then the biggest shift I feel that we need to do, the biggest revolution is a spiritual evolution. That's what we need to do. And it's not just a bit of grace, a bit of kindness, a bit of compassion. It, it's much more than that. And I'm happy to talk more about that. But that's what we need today. That's the biggest thing. We need to have this expansive perspective that we are spiritual beings and not just human beings because we cannot solve the problems, our personal and today's problems from just a human mindset. We need to bring in and collaborate with spiritual forces. Yeah, it's interesting, Anna, as you say this. So on the one hand, we do have the collective consciousness that you're saying is directly intertwined with our own consciousness. It goes back to that old idea of the butterfly effect, that what I'm doing halfway around the world in Lisbon yep. is impacting what you're doing possible, yep. right? Yeah. And I also like to hear what people are thinking as they're listening to us. A lot of people are saying, yeah, but I don't have food I can put on my 
the table for my kids. Right. Yeah, but my health isn't good. Yeah, but I'm surviving on $3 an hour or less wherever I'm living. Yeah. How on earth do you expect me to pay attention to spiritual tools, let alone when I'm just trying to survive? So how do we reconcile yeah. that? It's the other way. It's really the other way around. First of all, we need to remember that we are spiritual beings, first of all. But let me even take it even back even more. So we come from the non-physical. Okay, so there's a lot of beliefs to unpack here, but I'm, I'm not going to touch on all of them. But we come from the non-physical, everything on the planet, and you deal with energy medicine, right, in your business, right? So it's the world is energy and science. Quantum physics knows it today and healers know it and mystics have known it. Everything is energy, but it's intelligent energy. So it's consciousness and this consciousness has decided to do an experiment on planet Earth to create separation and create matter. And the experiment that we are on planet Earth, I believe, is how can we not lose this connection to divine consciousness as we're experimenting with becoming physical and coming into matter? So we're all on the front line. All of humanity is on the front line of this amazing experiment to separate into individuation without losing our connection to the wholeness, the sacredness, divine love, divine light that we come from. That's the experiment. So in a sense, rather than looking at our life from a human problem, we need to look at it from the origin of where we're coming. So what we need to do is in spite of our physical conditions, our childhood circumstances, like I mentioned mine before, and it's not easy. I'm in my 60s now. It's taken a lifetime to clear all the things that I saw as my circumstances and why I was suffering and why I was in pain and why this wasn't working and this not working. Mm -hmm. But we need to shift our perspective. So whatever your circumstances are, See yourself as a point of consciousness in the universe. You are a portal for spiritual wisdom to come through whatever you do. You are divine consciousness. If you see yourself as that, as a conduit for anything that you want to bring forth, then come with that perspective. Mystics, there have been many mystics have given up all of their material goods or their material pleasures in order to live a very poor life or come from a poor life. I'm not trying to praise being poor. And for sure, I've been myself in a situation, and I write about it in my first book, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, where I say there was one day when there was $6 in my account and no money coming in. And I was standing and I was looking out at some birds that were flying above a little fountain. And I was thinking that what I'm eating now, when I finish it, there's nothing left. That's it. It's wow. And I began looking at the birds and there were a much larger amount of birds hovering about this, this body of water than usually. And so my mind stop thinking about my financial situation and how did I get here in my 50s? And I began looking at the birds and the colors of the birds. And I was just amazed. And suddenly I felt blessed. 
and I heard a message, count your blessings. Mm. So I began listing my blessings. I'm healthy. I'm loved. I love. I've got healthy children. I just went down the list. And suddenly my bank account had not changed. But I was suddenly in awe of the beauty of nature, of these little tiny birds that were magnificent. And suddenly I felt so blessed that my, I was suddenly remembering who I am at my essence. And I was looking at the beauty of nature. And the interesting thing is that within a week, there was some dentist appointment, some dentist treatment that I was not pleased with. So I asked for a refund and I got a refund of $5,000. Oh my God. For, for dental work <laughs> that I was not pleased with. So I'm not trying to say you'll do this and money's going to flow into you. That's not the point. The point is that I shifted from inside. I remember that I am more than my bank account. I remember that I'm more than the circumstances that I'm in, the shame that I'm feeling or the embarrassment to tell my children, my adult children about it, whatever you are dealing with. It's like you have to do that. It's like that's the only way. If you keep saying my, I'm staying where I am because of my circumstances, yet easy for you to speak, you're not going through, <coughs> sorry, what I'm going through. We each, we're each fighting a battle you know nothing about. Mm. We're each fighting a battle you know nothing about. So even if you look on the outside, think, oh, they're lucky, they have this, they have that, you don't know what the inner battle is. And so you have an inner battle, it's your ally. Your inner battle is your ally. And you have to raise yourself and remember you are a spiritual, divine, precious human being at the edge of creation, helping bring down this amazing experiment of creating a garden of Eden out of matter without losing its magnificence from the other side. Mm. And when you walk in the world this way, everything will look differently. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, oh, just have peace in your heart and all is well. I'm not saying that. It is work. It takes work to go, I feel really down. No, come back here. Oh, I feel awful now. Come back here. You have to come back. But that is, I see life as a spiritual practice. Life is a spiritual practice. And whatever challenges are you're having, the universe are, is offering you those challenges in order for you to come back to your spiritual nature and work through them from this place that you are a divine human being. I love what so you that's the yeah that, that's so powerful that you have these moments that you think you're not going to survive literally you think I'm not going to survive having six dollars in my account I remember being suicidal in my late teens and early 20s and literally thinking I'm not going to survive this and yet somehow from the depths of despair from the depths of just unfathomable crushing sadness yep. loneliness fear, yeah. doubt, uncertainty, if we can pull that thread of courage, that thread of grace, sometimes it comes yeah. in the form of birds. Sometimes it comes in the form of a kind word, a smile, yeah. a, a phone call that suddenly just comes in by chance, just when you needed it, right? Yes. And in fact, earlier this week, I was on a friend of mine, Angel Show, 
And she had a couple people on sharing about acts of kindness. And this woman shared a story that just riveted me. She said, here I was, oh God, it's going to make me cry. She said, mm. going through an abusive relationship and I was trying to leave my husband and I had my child and we're in the park and I had no money. And all I wanted was to be able to get a home that that way I would have somewhere safe to raise my child. Yeah. She said, this random woman walks up to her and starts talking to her. And she says, I'll give you $15,000. And wow. she gave her $15,000, just this miracle out of the blue that then allowed her to go out and buy and get a place even better than she could have ever hoped for. Yeah. Fast forward a decade, there was no agreement. It was a gift. Yeah. Forward, the woman winds up selling this house that she buys for the $15,000 years later, and it grows exponentially. And she goes back to the woman and said, remember how you gifted me that 15000 about a decade ago? And she says, yes. She says, I want to give it back to you. And the woman just starts crying and said, you have no idea how much I need that money right now. I never wow. did it, but I receive it. So there, it's, it just makes me cry. We never know where grace, where miracles yeah. come from. And to your point, it's about looking for the miracles. And that moment yeah. you heard count your blessings yeah. so many of us are on autopilot we are just like automatrons just yeah. walking through the world robotically yeah. surviving yeah. from one moment absolutely to the and when we turn the switch back on to become conscious human beings again we can see the wonder the beauty we can taste chocolate yeah. we can appreciate a bird landing in a fountain and yeah. yet it takes a flip of the switch of our consciousness yeah to bring that awareness, that conscious yeah. awareness, as my friend Arthur calls it, back into how yeah. we live our lives. Absolutely. And I feel I feel that up till now, spiritual teachings, they really have been, you have to do the work. But there's been this thing, it's look, here is a affirmation, here is this, here is a quick fix, here is the the misunderstood law of attraction, which is an amazing law, but misunderstood. You're just going to think about it and it's just going to show up. And the missing piece, we are the missing piece. You are the missing piece in your life. I'm the missing piece in my life. And your listeners, each one, you are the missing piece. You have to do a step. You have to do a first step. You have to show up. And so my book, Shift Calling, is full of different suggestions of how to shift your perception of yourself so you expand your perception of yourself and how to shift your perception of the world and the situations that you find yourself in you are the missing piece. I'm the missing piece in my life, showing up fully. And it's really, I talk about one degree shifts. Mm. If you do a one degree shift, there's this airplane 160 law. And I talk about it in the book. If a plane shifts by one degree shift of its trajectory, it's nothing. You think it's it has no effect. If it keeps going like that, on its way to New York from San Francisco, by the time it arrives in New York, it's not going to arrive in New York. It just did one degree shift, which in the beginning had no significance. But as it continues, it becomes a bigger and bigger shift and you end up in a different trajectory and a different destination. So all you need is one small shift, one small practice, just to say, I'm going to bring ease into my life today. I'm going to walk with ease. I invite the quality of ease to be my companion for today. 
I'm going to bring ease when I look at my finances today. I'm going to bring ease when I have my conversation with my child today or with my partner. I'm going to bring ease when I talk to my colleagues or my boss. I ask for a raise. I'm going to have this focused ease. And you're not alone. You are not alone. All you need to do is say, I invite ease. Be my companion today. Walk with me today. And you could pick any quality. You could pick enthusiasm or delight or focus or determination. My book is coming out. So forthrightness and determination are qualities that I work with. But ease is one that I always come back to because we try so hard and we work so hard and the mind goes faster than our body can even follow. So I love ease and I usually use like focused ease. Just pick ease today and walk with ease. Ask for ease to walk with you today in everything you do and look for ease around you. Look for ease in your friend when you're talking to them. Look for ease in the tree when you're in the park having lunch. Look for ease in yourself. Look for ease in your house environment. Is there a place, is there a corner that inspires ease? So that's how you really, and that's how you slowly come out of your circumstances and you rise above it. And suddenly the miracles start coming because suddenly you're operating at a different level of consciousness and you're allowing divine consciousness to flow through you more freely instead of blocking it with works for others, but not for me. My circumstances are different. All of that is true. We've all been there, right? As you've shared, as I've shared, but you have to rise above it and you have to do the first action and the universe will show up for you in a much bigger way if you show up for yourself. Mm. And remember that you are a divine spiritual being. It's not just some spiritual woo. It's the biggest thing that you can do for yourself. The most important thing is to remember that you're a spiritual being coming from the non-physical, a being of love and light. And it's not just woo, it really is. And if you start to feel that you're emanating light from your fingers and that you can create the reality that you want to live in, start step by step, things are going to transform in big ways for you. But you have to take one degree shift. I love that, Anna. It's so powerful. We can all just envision it's trying to take that quantum leap that seems insurmountable. It's like, how will I ever get to being financially stable again? How will yeah. I get to being in a healthy relationship, let alone any relationship? And to your point, it's just that one degree shift that allows us to shift our consciousness and shift our trajectory. So Anna, it's such a pleasure to have you with us today. Where can people connect with you? First of all, it's been a pleasure to be in conversation with you. I'm really happy to meet you and thank you for inviting me on your show. So you can find me on shiftcalling.com. Everything is there. There's a free chapter. There's a book club coming. There's a challenge coming. There's a lot of different things, programs. So shiftcalling.com is my home, my virtual home. And that's where I am. I'd love for you to join and we can communicate through there once you join. Beautiful, Anna. Thank you as always for sharing wisdom. Thank you to each of you for tuning in and opening your heart, mind, body, and spirit to receiving whatever message was in store for you that Anna so eloquently shared today. And our invitation is as you go out into this next week, look for miracles 
look for the good. As Dr. Dane here shared with us a few weeks ago on an episode where he said, how does life get any better than this? Write down every day how life is getting better, how it's always working in your favor. And even if you can bring yourself just to look for and write down one miracle a day, no matter how big Mm. or small, that can transform your consciousness. I am Jennifer Cahill, the CEO of OptiMatch. Thank you so much for being here with us and wishing you continued miracles in every area of your life. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.